I'm Victoria. And I'm Joe. And we're Catholic wedding professionals who love working with brides on this journey toward marriage. As married women ourselves, we totally remember all that goes into preparing for the wedding day. All the stresses and obstacles, and we are here to help you through it all. So that you can prepare for the wedding day and marriage with ease. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Catholic, Catholic Wedding, wedding Podcast. Podcast. All right, testing, testing. Hello, and welcome back to the Catholic Wedding Podcast. This is Victoria. I am actually going to be a solo host today for today's episode. Joe is away for this week. Um, she should be back next week, though. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be me today. <laughs> um, but this is going to be a really important topic. It is going to be a little bit hard for me to talk to you guys about this, um, but I think it's really important. And when I talked to Joe about potentially talking on this topic she I wasn't sure because our podcast is really like Catholic wedding podcast so of course we're talking about a lot of stuff preparing you for the wedding day but as Catholics we know that the wedding day is just like the start of something like truly beautiful um, and just the start of this vocation so we are going to have some episodes on more marriage related topics as well and so I think this is going to be the first one and it is definitely a heavy one, but this is also kind of a way that I can open up to you guys. I have talked about this on Instagram before, so it's not the first time I'm opening up about this, but I think it's still really important and have like an actual podcast episode on it because I know this is something that a lot of people go through. Um, so yeah, so today's topic is going to be all about infertility. And so, like I said, this is going to be a little bit hard for me because this is something that I can very much relate to personally. But like I said, I'm I'm hoping that this podcast episode can really serve you guys, even though you might not necessarily be thinking about infertility yet. I know we do have some listeners that are already married, so this might be a little bit more relevant to them, but this could potentially be relevant to you in the future. And um, so I, I really want this to be something that you kind of start thinking about now, not necessarily like you have to, you know, spend all your time thinking about this possibility, but just to understand a little bit more about it, whether or not you yourself experience infertility, because I think it's important to kind of have an understanding about it, even if you never experience this. But before we really get started, I do want to have like a little disclaimer, um, because yeah, I just want to have it out there <laughs> that um, I am not looking for advice. So after you listen to this episode, um, if you feel called to give me some sort of advice about some sort of treatment or some sort of remedy that you've heard that can help with infertility, um, please don't. I'm not trying to be like rude at all or anything like that, but really this like podcast episode is meant to help others not feel so alone and just to kind of share the realness of this cross. And I will touch on a little bit about why um, a lot of those who are going through infertility aren't looking for advice and really just looking for more like empathy and for more for prayers, at least from my perspective. I know everyone's a little bit different, but from those who I've talked to, um, like empathy and prayers, just someone to listen to like their story and everything like that and their struggles is like the biggest thing when it comes to this cross. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to say, please do not offer me advice. If you want to message me and just say that you're praying for me, I would love that. That's that's super sweet and I appreciate that, but not any like specific advice. 
Okay, so a little bit about my story. So me and Steven got married nearly two years ago. We're gonna, I think by the time this episode airs, we may have just passed our one year anniversary, but we got married November 7th, 2020. Um, and when you know we were dating, it was really important to me when I was dating someone that I could see them as a father and like a good father, right? Obviously a good husband, of course, that would be like number one, but to see like, a man who's really good with kids, who loves kids, who wants a big family, because I, I feel like this is fairly common among Catholics, but um, the desire for a big family is something that I held for sure. And like I said, I think a lot of others have that as well. Um, Stephen is actually one of 10 kids. So he's the second of 10 kids. I am the second of five kids. So he comes from a pretty big family. I would say I come from like a medium-sized family. Um, but we both, you know, very much connected on the fact that we loved kids. We definitely wanted like a big family. And I like had no like thoughts of I'm not going to be able to get pregnant right away. Um, like I didn't think that that would be me. I knew other people who had, you know, experienced that, experienced infertility, experienced miscarriage. But... I think this is also something pretty common among those who experience infertility, but like, I didn't think that would be me. Like I didn't, I didn't have any inclination that I would struggle to get pregnant. Um, and like I said, I think that's pretty common among most women who experience infertility. I know that there are some women who sometimes if you already know, like before you get married that you have a certain like medical diagnosis, sometimes the doctors will like let you know like, hey, you might struggle with infertility or with conceiving in the future. So some people do have a little bit of a heads up. I would say most people don't until they're already in it, um, which was my case. So we expected that we would probably get pregnant soon after our wedding day, maybe a couple months after, you know, um, but it, we didn't expect anything to it to take very long. Um, and so, like I said, I always talked about wanting a big family. Uh, whenever people would ask me, I would say like probably like six to eight kids. I was like kind of like, oh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, but, you know, of course, just giving it to God. And this is like something that I did like actually like, right before we got married. I was like, oh, I should start looking at like local like midwives and like birth centers and just kind of have an idea, you know, like I don't necessarily need to worry about it right now. But just so I have an idea of like what's around me and everything like that. So even like, I think that was like the week before we got married, I actually like Googled some local midwives just to have them in my back pocket because I knew or I thought I would need them like fairly soon. Um, and I'm very much like, I like to have like kind of like a plan as far as like, not like with children and like that kind of th stuff, but just like having an idea of like, okay, so when I whenever it does happen, then I want to have kind of some things already set up instead of trying to figure it out like halfway through or something. So, um, or while I'm in the midst of something, I like to kind of have an idea before something even starts. So <laughs> that's just like my personality. Um, but um, like I mentioned, most people don't experience that they're gonna, or don't expect that they're gonna carry this cross until they're already in it. And that was definitely the case for us. So the waiting season kept getting longer and longer. One month turned into two, turned into four, turned into eight, and now we're nearly at two years of trying to conceive. 
Um, like I said, by the time this podcast episode airs, it will probably be just past our one or two year anniversary. So, um, so it'll be over two years at that point. Um, and it got especially hard for me as I started noticing that people who got married around the same time of us, um, got pregnant, like already, or they got married after us and were getting pregnant and they've already had their children. And some of them might be on baby number two or it's going to like be approaching soon. Um, but nearly everyone that I know that got married around the time of us, um, like, you know, those few months surrounding our anniversary, um, are pregnant or have had at least one kid at this point. Well, yeah, have had one kid at this point. So that's definitely hard and a hard thing for me to see, especially now that we're on almost two years, like many people who got married months or a year after us are also in that situation. I've already been able to have their child and everything like that. So that that's definitely been a real hardship for me. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of like a little bit about my story. I'm not going to go into like what we've tried and different like things like that. Um, just cause I feel like that's a little bit more personal and I really want to make this podcast a little bit more about helping and serving you guys. That way you kind of are a little bit more prepared than I would say me. <laughs> um, if you do experience this, this cross of infertility, um, because it, like I said, if it, if you aren't expecting it at all, which I'm not saying you should necessarily expect it, but if you really don't expect it and you feel like blindsided by it, it's, it's really hard to cope with. And it's like, many tears have been shed. Like it's just, it's very, very hard. So, um, not that those are going to go away, but just to kind of have you guys help prepare in, in some ways about this cross. So why, so I want to talk to you guys why I think it's important about like talking about this cross before you're married, because most of those who are listening right now aren't married yet, but you guys are preparing for marriage. So although you may not like think that you will have difficulty conceiving, and I, I don't mean this to scare anyone at all, but infertility is actually on the rise. Um, when I went to nursing school, for those who don't know, I went to nursing school. I was an emergency department nurse for a couple of years before I totally shifted and became a photographer. But when I was in nursing school, from what I remember, I believe the statistic was one in eight couples experience infertility. And now the statistic is like one in four. So it's like a very, very big increase in couples that are experiencing infertility. So like I said, it's not to scare you at all, but it's just like to, I guess, be like realistic and just like have an idea that there's a solid chance that either you or someone close to you will experience this cross. So even if you don't experience it, it's just, it's really good to have an understanding about it because um, it just helps you like kind of be in their shoes a little bit. I mean, you can't, but like to have a better understanding of what they're going through and like kind of how to like interact with them a little bit more. Um, I think a lot of people are getting better. I think it's more like the older generation that doesn't really know how to handle it as much. <laughs> um, but still, I think it's still good to spread awareness about and everything. Um, but yeah, like I said, if even if you don't, then there's a very good chance that someone that close to you, so like a best friend or one of your in-laws or one of your siblings could very well experience this cross. Um, but the reason why I think it's important is because if you do find yourself like in this cross of infertility, 
that I think it's really important to talk about before marriage because you want to make sure that you're on the same page about infertility treatments. This is especially if you're marrying someone who's non-Catholic um, and maybe doesn't necessarily agree with like the Catholic um, stance on, let's say, IVF. And it's really important to talk about it, I think, before and before you're even through it. That way you can have a little bit more of an objective like standpoint on it because infertility is like very emotional and very hard. And so like it can, if you're not on the same page, it can be like a little bit easier to kind of compromise some of your standards and some of your like stances on this topic if you don't talk about it beforehand and you don't have a clear idea of like the Catholic teaching on this topic because IVF is against Catholic teaching. You can research it, um, but it is, it is against the, the Catholic faith. So like IVF is not like an option like for us or anything like that. So that's like something that's like really important to talk about before you get married and make sure that you're on the same page because, um, yeah, like I said, it's, you know, you want to know like what the Catholic teaching is on it and talk to each other about it, particularly if you guys, if one of you is not Catholic. Um, and then another thing is like, even though we are called to be open to life, there's not necessarily a requirement to do like all the things. Like you don't necessarily need to do all the testing and all the procedures and everything. Like we don't know, need to necessarily go to like extraordinary forms to be able to get pregnant. That's not necessarily what, that's not what we're necessarily needing or called to do. And that is something that I think is important to remember as Catholics because you know, when we think of like the Catholic family and stuff like that, and even you might experience this if you go through it and, you know, other Catholics might make little comments to you about it. But I think a lot of times when we see Catholic families, we think or see or think of them, we think of like very big families. We think of like at least five kids, probably closer to eight or 10. And that's not necessarily, I'm going to talk about this in a minute, but like that's not necessarily the case. And we don't necessarily need to go to do like all the blood work and all the medications, and all the testing to achieve that if we don't feel called to it at that time or if we just don't feel ready for it because it is a, a lot of stuff at once. Um, so that is something that to just, you know, talk about and then kind of have an idea of like, what, you know, what are you going to do if you do have this cross? Like, I think this is important to talk about during engagement. Like, actually, it's going to be kind of hard because it's not necessarily something you want to think about. But just like talk to each other and just say, hey, like if this happens to us, if we do experience this cross, like how, how are we going to handle it? Like, do you, you know, do you think you'd be open to adoption? What kind of treatments would you want to consider? Or, you know, what do you, what do you think about certain treatments? And if you guys aren't on the same page about certain ones or not sure the Catholic stance, I would research it before you're even married. Just you don't have to like spend days researching it, but just have an idea of like, okay, so that's not, that's not even an option for us and that's okay, you know? Um, and then, you know, even asking like, you know, would you feel resentful towards me if I'm the reason we can't have children? Obviously, hopefully that's not the case. And hopefully they would say, no, of course not. I love you, you know, no matter what, but just kind of have an idea. Like, you know, a lot of times it is, one or the other, not necessarily both that are contributing to infertility. Sometimes it's both. Um, so, 
you know, just kind of like having an understanding of like, if it's me, like, would you be resentful? Would you be like almost, you know, bitter because like you can't have children because you married me specifically? Um, and then, like I said, hopefully that wouldn't be the case. Um, and then also like asking like, you know, would you want to start testing right away or would you be okay with waiting a while or trying more like natural um, remedies rather than going like a medical route, just kind of have an idea. I think it's so much easier when you have this like beforehand and just kind of touch on it. Me and Steven, actually, we did touch on this. Like I said, I didn't think this would be us. So we didn't talk super long on it, um, but we were both raised traditional Catholics. So we were very much on the same page as far as different treatments and stuff like that and the Catholics, you know, teaching. So that was really helpful, but if you're not, that's something that you want to talk to each other about. Um, even things like surrogacy, that is also against Catholic teaching. So it's just like important to just talk to each other about it. Um, you can also, and sometimes you might talk about this during your like marriage prep. So if you have specific questions as to like why certain things are not okay, um, it's great you know you have the priest right in front of you so might as well like ask him about it you know <laughs> um okay so then i just want to touch on if you find yourself going through infertility so like i said some of you guys might be already married but i know most of you probably aren't so this this is something i guess for the future if you find yourself actually carrying this cross of infertility so if you find yourself going through infertility you may be like me and like i don't know I don't know how to describe it the best, but almost feeling like a failure, um, even though like objectively you can see like it's I'm not a failure. Like it's not like that's not, you know, this isn't the only thing that I'm meant to do or anything like that. But it's it's very hard when like you expected to have a huge family or a big family. And it's very much expected just from like a Catholic standpoint, like I mentioned before, to have a big family, to have like six to 10 children, um, you know, when, whenever, if you were to ask someone just like on the side of the road, like when you think of a Catholic family, what do you think of? Like most of the time they're going to say like a lot of kids and, you know, obviously religious, but, um, that's just kind of the standard. Um, I, I wouldn't say necessarily standard, but that's kind of like what is almost considered like the ideal family. And, that's not necessarily true because as Catholics, we're just called to be open to life. But that is however many children that God decides to bless us with. For some people, it could be a very large family. Sometimes he does call people to very large um, families with lots of kids, and that's beautiful. But for others, it may be one to two children, or for some, it means no children or no biological children and adopted children, which is also like so beautiful. Um, and also something that I saw once was, um, I forget what it exactly said, but it was basically alluding to the fact that like, you know, not having a lot of children doesn't mean that you're any less Catholic. Cause when you look at the Holy family, they had one child, right? Of course they had Jesus. And so that's like, and that's considered the ideal family. That's not saying like, Oh, only one child is ideal, but that is like our role model family. So that doesn't mean that having like 10 children is necessarily the, the ideal. It's just being open to life um, and like allowing God to bless you with whatever, whatever he has planned for us. And that's something to just kind of remember. 
And then another thing that I really like when people say, and also like my husband has reminded me about this too, is just that, um, you know, as a husband and wife, you are a family. You know, whenever I talk to my couples um, who are preparing for a marriage and whenever we do like our consultations, like one of the things that I like to say is just that, you know, one of the most beautiful things about for me to capture this is that it's not just important for the couple getting married. It's important for the church because a new family is being created. And that is just like so beautiful to witness. So that's something to remember as well. Like when you get married, you are a family. You know, a a lot of times we think of a family as at least one child, but the husband and wife like alone are a family and are a unit. And I remember one night I was like super sad. I was like thinking about this cross and just so like down. And I just, you know, remember telling my husband, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I know you always wanted a family. And he like turned to me and he said, I got my wish. You are my family. And I was just like, oh, he's the best. (laughs) He's helped me so much uh, throughout all this. But um, like, that's so true. Like as a, you know, a couple, as a husband and wife, you are a family from the, like, Literally, as soon as you exchange the vows, as soon as you are husband and wife, you are a unit and you are a family, which, like I said, is beautiful for me to witness and to capture that. Um, But it's just important to remember if you find yourself in this cross. Um, Another thing to remember is that infertility can be a blessing. Um, Something that I have tried to do throughout this whole cross is just to view this time as a blessing because you know, actually even my husband has said this, like, this is like actually a gift from God, which is just like, it's hard to like view it as that sometimes, but it is true that we are given this time to just grow closer to each other, especially because we were long distance um, for most of our relationship before we got married. Like we've really now over these past two years gotten to like be so much closer and get to know each other continuously and just like have that opportunity to just, you know, it's just us, you know, and our two crazy dogs, but (laughs) the two of us just really having this time for just us, which has been truly beautiful and it has been a blessing. And then one thing that um, I heard on a podcast, so there's this podcast called Springs in the Desert. I think it's Springs in the Desert. Yeah. Um, and one thing that they had a guest speaker on and one thing that she said that really stuck with me from one of the episodes was that, um, she like, it's a quote, like it's never better there than it is here. So it's kind of like, you know, the grass isn't, isn't greener on the other side necessarily like that kind of, I guess, philosophy, but it's never better there than it is here. So it's really important. Um, this is not just for infertility, but this is just in general, when you're looking at someone else, especially when people are posting on Instagram or on Facebook and you're seeing, oh, they're joyful, happy little family and everything like that. So something like I literally say out loud sometimes when I see that and I'm like starting to feel a little sad, you know, I'll say like, it's never better there than it is here. They are going through their own crosses that I don't even know. Like mine might be a little bit more obvious to the world because people can see like I don't have a child, but you know, they are going through them themselves. Like they are going through their own cross and it's not necessarily better there. It's just different. Right. And something that I have to remind myself too, is that, you know, that whenever you get whatever you're hoping for, so specifically with infertility, like whenever you are able to have a baby in your arms, that is your baby, like 
it the hard stuff doesn't go away it just changes so it's just like something to kind of remember and like especially when you're looking at whatever someone else has like if we have anyone listening here that is not like engaged or dating or anything like that and you are single this could be really relevant to you as well like it's never better there than it is here you might look at that person and say hey like they're you know they just got married look at like how happy they are but they are going through their own hardships and their own crosses that you may just not see. So that's just something that like I literally say out loud sometimes and that kind of helps me. Um, and then I do wanna touch on a few tips if you are the three and four, so one and four going through infertility, the three and four that don't experience infertility because there's still many people who won't experience infertility, of course, which is of course a good thing. Um, but like I mentioned before, you'll probably likely have a good friend or a family member that is going through this cross. So I'm just going to give you a few tips if you're, if you have a friend or family member that is going through this, um, just to have like a better understanding of kind of like, you know, just how to approach it, I would say. Um, so if you are blessed with having children right away, which is, it truly is a blessing, um, I just have like a couple of suggestions and just note that this is just from my perspective. So obviously everyone is going to handle this cross differently. Some people, this might not bug them at all um, and they like welcome it. So obviously you know them better than I do, but this is just, I've talked to a lot of women who are going through this cross and this seems pretty standard. It doesn't seem like just a me thing, <laughs> but this um, seems pretty standard across the board. So the first one is actually what I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, which was to not offer advice. And there's a couple of reasons why. Firstly, um, an advice could be like medical treatment for the infertility or even like spiritual advice as far as like, oh, you should pray this novena or you should do this, you know, you know, you should, you know, pray the rose, the 54 day rosary novena, like those kinds of things, or you should pray to this specific saint. Um, all of this stuff I know is meant to be extremely helpful um, and I totally get that perspective. However, there's a couple of reasons why I don't suggest this. Firstly, if you're going to suggest advice, um, at least for, like, from my perspective, it almost seems like um, if, if someone doesn't want to do that, like let's say they don't want to pursue certain medical surgeries or something like that, um, and you suggest that they do, it can almost make them feel bad about their decision um, and like bad about the fact that they wanna wait and that they're not doing enough and stuff like that. So it can almost make them feel like they're not, they're not trying hard enough to be able to conceive, which I know is not what the intention is behind it, but that's kind of how it can come across. And then another reason why is like, let's say I've had people suggest certain novenas to me and I've already done those novenas. <laughs> um, so this could be novenas, it could be, um, you know, praying to certain saints or it could be certain treatment. And if someone says like, hey, like, have you tried this novena to St. Philomena? Um, I know so many people who are able to get pregnant right after they prayed it. Um, it can just be like kind of a painful reminder that like so many other people um, have experienced like I don't know, the fruits of their like prayers and stuff like that. And you haven't like you have prayed that, but nothing happened. 
um, at least nothing that you can see externally, you know, <laughs> um, has happened. And so it can just be a, like kind of like almost like a knife to the chest. Like, yeah, this worked for them, not for you. Um, even if like, again, that's not your pers like intention or anything like that. That's kind of how it can feel. So that's why I say not to offer advice. And they just, they, you know, most of the time, anyone who goes through like any hardship like this, um, whether it be infertility, whether it be like someone going through cancer or something like that, they have most likely done so much research. <laughs> like, and they are really just looking for like empathy and prayers and not to be bombarded because usually when there's something like this, like they just get bombarded and it's just totally too much and too much all at once from all different people. And although it's like all meant like kindly, it just sometimes can be really overwhelming. And um, yeah, so I suggest not to offer advice. If you have advice that you really feel like God is calling you to give to that person, I would approach them and say like, hey, I have some, you know, I heard about this thing that I think would be helpful for you. Like, do you want to hear about it? Like, you know, ask them, like, do you want to hear about it instead of just messaging them and, you know, just be like, hey, you need to try this or, hey, this has worked for so many other people. Usually that's just not super helpful because even if they haven't tried it and then they try it and they hear it's helped so many other people and they're super hopeful and then it doesn't work for them, it can like be like 10 times worse almost knowing that it's helped so many other people or that, you know, it's only, you know, it's only taken a month for this person to get pregnant and after the month and it just like sends you into this downward spiral and it's just like, this is not fun. <laughs> um, and then also like, don't be surprised if they aren't super excited or wanting to attend all the baby related things. So if you have a friend that's going through infertility, like don't be surprised if you announce that you're pregnant, don't be surprised if it takes them a little while before they reach out to you or if they potentially even distance themselves from you for a little while. Um, it's not that they like hate you or that they like genuinely like, you know, aren't happy for you or something like that, but it can be hard to receive that news, especially, you know, if, if they themselves have just received bad news or they're still waiting. It's just, it can be really, really hard. So my suggestion is of course, to give them a little bit of space. Like don't, don't be offended if they do have, take a little bit of distance from you. I think that's fair. Um, you know, to not necessarily want to be around all the like baby showers and celebration and stuff like that. Um, and they might not want to attend your baby shower or, you know, like those kinds of events, um, like, or like gender reveal parties and stuff like that. And don't be offended. Like they, it's, this is, this is such a hard cross and like, they're just trying to keep themselves together. So I would suggest like not to be offended. You can still invite them to those kinds of events, but like, don't be offended if they don't want to come. Um, and then also like, if you, like I said, if you find yourself um, pregnant, but like your friend is going through infertility, I would say don't go to them for pregnancy or baby related complaints. They're not really the person to go to when you're like, oh, I'm just feeling so nauseous or, oh, I'm just like, oh, I can't just not getting any sleep, this baby, like, this is so hard, you know, like, they're not necessarily that person. I'm sure you have plenty of other people who are moms or like first time moms and stuff like that, that you could go to that can relate to that. But they, even if it's someone close to you, like, I would not go to them for any sort of pregnancy or baby related complaints. 
like I said, there's, there's plenty of other people you can talk to about it, but it's just going to be a really painful reminder to them. And it's going to be really hard for them to like empathize with you in that moment. And then my last advice for you is just to pray for them and be there to listen. So again, not offering advice. A lot of people who go through infertility, like myself included, just like the empathy itself is just so important. And just like, you know, knowing that you're there to just listen to them and be like, this is hard and this is unfair. And like, like just, you know, just saying those kinds of things, like this is unfair. This like, I don't know why this is happening. Um, you know, like I'm praying for you, you know, I'm, you could even say like, Hey, I'm praying a novena to St. Philomena for you or St. Gerard, you know, um, or the 54 day novena, like rosary novena. Like you can say that you're praying for them instead of like telling them to do it. Like, you know, praying for them, um, is really important. And just, like I said, just being there to listen, because there's going to be a lot of really hard times for them. And especially, with different like announcements and stuff like that. Like it's, it's really, really hard. It's like a constant reminder, especially in the Catholic world, because there are so many people that have big families and at church and it can be really, really hard. Um, so that's pretty much all I have to talk about this topic. I didn't want to make it a super long episode, but I did want to touch on a few different things that I think are really important, um, just to be aware of, while you're preparing for marriage, again, I do think this is important to talk to about, you know, with your fiance, um, and just to have a better understanding as you prepare for marriage. It's a really difficult cross to bear. I myself am still carrying this cross. I, I never thought I'd still be here um, nearly two years later. Um, but as with any cross, Christ does not ask us to carry it alone. Um, you know, he is waiting for us to ask him to help him or help us sorry <laughs> and um just remembering that with with any cross that you experience is so important to just like ask him for help and like he's not expecting us to carry it alone and there's like this quote that I heard I can't remember it like word for word but just like um you know when you think about like how weak you are carrying a cross like any cross um just remember like it's it's okay to feel a little weak when you're doing it because remember that Christ did fall when he was carrying his cross three times so how can we expect to just be able to just carry it with no problems but we need to ask him to help us so my biggest suggestions are to just you know of course lean on God and of course lean on your spouse because both are ready and willing to help whenever you ask for it you just like don't carry it alone because that's something that I struggle with whenever I have across like especially this one you know I just feel like it's all on me I have to carry it all by myself and that's not true you don't have to carry this cross all on your own um and I'm just going to end with the fact that if you are going through this or you find yourself going through this in the future feel free to reach out to me like I know for me it's really been super helpful to find people who are going through this as well um, because those who haven't gone through it or aren't going through it, it's hard for them to, to relate and to understand sometimes, um, even if they, you know, they want to try to, but it's, it's just a little bit more challenging sometimes if you yourself haven't gone through a cross. Um, so my suggestion for you is to definitely like find some like-minded friends that are going through this cross that you know that you can kind of relate to and trust um, with the struggle. And then also you can, like I said, you can reach out to me and just like chat with me. 
for support, for friendship, for prayers. Like I am here to pray with you and to definitely relate to all of the hardship and all of the struggles of this cross. So I hope this episode was helpful. Like I said, you can reach out to me um, personally at Mystical Rose Photography to talk more specifically about this topic. Um, but if you just wanted to talk to us about any sort of like marriage, you know, questions or anything like that, or, you know, wedding stuff, you can email us at catholicweddingpodcast at gmail.com, catholicweddingpodcast at gmail.com, or on Instagram at catholicweddingpodcast. Yeah. So there you go. All right. Well, thanks guys so much for listening to me. Please pray for me and please pray for my husband as we journey through this cross. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to hear from you guys again. See you guys. Bye.